What's going on? Welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. Greetings from the Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona. Tonight, the Pelicans are back after an all-star break as they take on the red-hot Phoenix Suns, who have won eight in a row after defeating the Oklahoma City Thunder last night. Should be a good one. And to help me preview the game, Todd Graffinini, radio voice of your New Orleans Pelicans, sitting right beside me as we wait for shoot around here this morning. Todd, hope you had a great all-star break. Were you able to kind of wind down and, and relax a little bit? No question, Daniel. It, it was it happened at a very good time, but you get to recharge the battery a little bit. But, you know, when you get to the fifth and the sixth day, you're like, all right, we, we got to start playing basketball again. So, yes, uh, ready to go. And what better place to start than the uh, best team in the NBA? Is uh, they're, they're as hot as the sun, if you will. Um, I think I just channeled my inner Daniel Salerson right there. But, yeah, yeah. Um, 23 games left, man. It's a, it's a sprint now, but the, the good news is is they're all going to mean something. So this is something we really haven't experienced in our three years, or my three years here. Um, you know, looked like it was getting that way a couple of years ago, but then, of course, the pandemic happened. So uh, really looking forward to the uh, final stretch here. Yeah, of course, Pelicans did not end on a good note as they've lost their last two games at home. And, of course, they're 1-4 and four with C.J. McCollum in the lineup. But, obviously, that is not because of C.J. McCollum. But I feel like you got to give this team a little bit of an adjustment period. And, look, they've had five games now. Do you feel like the adjustment period has to come to an end here? But with the 23 games left and, and two back of the Portland Trailblazers now a game and a half back at the last night, I don't know how much time you really have here if you want to make that play at push. You know, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the adjustments need to be made pretty much. Um, you know, I know they had a few days off for the All-Star break. Pretty intense practice, I thought, yesterday before we got on the plane to come to Phoenix. So uh, what I'm curious to see is how the rotations are going to be changed a little bit. I think we saw a little bit of a glimpse of that in, in Dallas uh, against the Mavericks uh, back at home. Uh, with Devontae Graham moving to the bench. And we heard Willie Green yesterday uh, post-practice saying that the plan is to keep Devontae coming off the bench. I thought he played as relaxed as we've seen him in a while coming off the bench. That might be a role that he can flourish in. And as Coach mentioned, you know, you had Nikhil Alexander-Walker who was averaging 13 points off the bench. Obviously, Nikhil is not with the team anymore, but you're kind of missing that void uh, with that second group. And if Devontae can come off the bench and knock down a couple of threes and score 12 to 15 points a game, that's exactly what you need. So, you know, that's just one part of it. We saw Tony Snell play a ton of minutes uh, against the Dallas Mavericks. Is he going to be a big part of this rotation moving forward? I think he is. I mean, this is a guy that's got a lot of length. He's what made six threes in his three games uh, in 14 attempts. So he's shooting the ball well. He's long. He can defend. So, you know, it's a little uh, interesting that Coach Green's got to figure all of this out on the fly, basically, because as you talked about, there really is not a whole lot of time. Now, thankfully, Portland lost last night as we continue to scoreboard watch each and every night. But, uh, you know, at some point, the Pelicans are going to have to hold their end of the bargain and win some games. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about Tony. I'm glad you mentioned him just because everyone wants to focus on CJ, and rightfully so. But Tony has been a factor off the bench, especially shooting from three in his last few games. But let's go back to CJ for a minute here and what he's been able to do. 28.5 points per game in his first five games with the New Orleans Pelicans. And you knew when you are getting him, you are getting a score. But 30-plus points in three of his last four I mean, you, you and J.D. mentioned it. The walking bucket is, in fact, here, and it's certainly added some great offense for the Pelicans so far. He had two 30-point games in Portland this season. He comes to New Orleans, he's got three in his five games. So, 
I, I guess, and just to kind of piggyback along what John DeShazer has been talking about since we've been watching him, you just you feel comfortable when he's got the basketball. You, you feel that every time he puts it up, it's got a better than average chance of going in, and that's a feeling that we haven't had a lot uh, in the last couple of years. So, yes, and the, the other thing is he can play the point. We have seen him uh, distribute the basketball. His assist totals are very, very good uh, so far uh, in his brief Pelicans career. We know he can score. Now he's, you know, got to bring along everybody else, and one of those guys has to be Brandon Ingram. You know, he's still trying to trying to find his way playing alongside CJ. We know it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. 15 points per game in his last five. That's Brandon Ingram since CJ came about. Are you? Is it just a little lack of hesitancy with him? Is it just more of you have two creators that are just trying to figure out how to play? Have you seen anything different from B.I. in these no, five games? I, you know, I think the first game, I think Brandon was a little hesitant to, to put the ball up because he wanted to maybe step back and let CJ do what he does. Um, I, I don't think that can be the case anymore. Brandon's got to go back to where he was prior to the trade, which was playing his best basketball in his career. He was scoring, he was distributing, he was rebounding. He was doing it all. He can't take a backseat to McCollum. He just can't um, because we need him uh, to score. We need those 22 to 25 points a night uh, to, to keep pace. It, it's just, you know, it, it's been tough on Brandon because He's been really shouldering the load this entire season. And then, of course, it looked like that we really had it figured out. And then, of course, the trade happens, and then you, you had to kind of start over again. But, you know, that's life in the NBA. Absolutely. Do you feel like this team has kind of had to start over too? Or do you feel like, you know, some of the momentum they had before the trade was lost a little bit, but not in a bad way. It's just more of a you basically you don't have a new team, but you sort of have a new team. No, it was <laughs> lost a little bit. But, again, you know, everyone was just – Really sad to see Josh Hart go and Nikhil, of course. But, you know, those are the things that have to happen if you want to make your team better in the short term and the long term. Remember, that deal is really for the long term as well. You know, we saw Larry Nance Jr. in the facility yesterday. Uh, he had just had surgery. feels great. And you listen to Larry Nance talk, and he's ready to go also. I mean, ready to go in the sense that he is all in on the Pelicans. And you listen to Larry Nance talk, he had nothing but good things to say about the organization. And you watch him and you think, man, this is another pro. We've got a pro's pro. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just really anxious to see this all come together at some point and make this run. Because, you know, the, the cool part about this, Daniel, obviously we're playing Phoenix tonight. We're playing the Lakers on Sunday. But for the most part, a lot of the games left, these 23 are teams that we're going to be directly competing against for this play-in spot, which is Portland two times, which is San Antonio. You know, I think it's right now it's a three-team race for that last spot. Of course, the, what are the Lakers and the Clippers going to do? Um, you know, no Anthony Davis with the Lakers. It's going to be curious Be curious to see what they're going to do on uh, Sunday night when we go in there. But, um, man, it's uh, it's going to be fun. I, I, I just i am really, really looking forward to it, especially tonight. Because, look, you talk about measuring yourself up against a team. We watched that game last night with Phoenix and Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City played very, very tough. I mean, the final score was not indicative of how close that game was. But even with Chris Paul not playing for the Suns, they're just there are no weaknesses. Devin Booker basically took over the Chris Paul role, played 38 minutes. He had 12 assists. He had a career-high six steals. There are no weaknesses. So you're measuring up 
tonight against the best team in the NBA, and I'm very anxious to see it. And not only the best team in the NBA, they also have the best bench in the NBA, which means the depth that they have, which brings you to your point of no CP3, could still mean no problem for this Phoenix Suns team. The good news is you do get them on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, which hopefully can help the Pelicans. But you mentioned the Suns. Let's talk about the schedule a little bit for New Orleans. As much as what's weird is I read yesterday that the Pelicans have the most games against teams under 500 in the final 23 games, but they have the eighth toughest schedule based on winning percentage. And so it's a really funky last 23 games, and it starts with two tough games on the road at Phoenix, at L.A. You come home against Sacramento, who's still in the hunt. There are three get back in the loss column of New Orleans, I believe, but still are fighting for a playoff spot with Delano Sabonis. Then you have the Utah Jazz coming into town. Then you're back on the road against Denver, you know, they owe you one after right. what you did in Denver and then Memphis Grizzlies. So as much as we talk about the schedule, it's not easy coming out of the break, which means these two games on this road trip, you got to at least steal one of these guys. I, I agree. And I, off the top of my head, I want to say that we're over 500 with teams that are under 500, mm -hmm. if you will. But the teams that are over 500, we just have not held our end up. And that has to change. We're going to have to start stealing some of these games. And, uh, I mean, it would be a big-time win tonight. I mean, think of how hot Phoenix is. I mean, they, what, they won eight in a row, 19 out of 20. I mean, that's just insane. But you can't tell me that we can't come in here and do it, especially, you know, Chris Paul means a lot to this team in the clutch. Now, Devin Booker basically took the game over last night. But that there's a comforting feeling with Phoenix when it gets down to the nitty-gritty because Chris Paul is always there to kind of take the game over. Well, that's not the case. Not saying that Booker's not capable of it, but on a night-in and night-out basis. So we'll see. But, no, we're going to have to start winning some of these games that, you know, on paper the Pelicans are not supposed to win. That's how you make your hay. Um, but, look, I mean, San Antonio, we're tied with them yep. right now. Um, they own the tiebreaker. <laughs> they own the tiebreaker. They have given us fits. I mean, just absolute fits, no matter who's on the court for them. So we're going to have to find a way to win a lot of games and uh, get our way in. You remember the last time we were here? It was a long time ago. And yeah. I remember it for a couple of reasons. Being a Atlanta Braves fan as they won the World Series that night, I was very happy. But this game was all Pelicans in that first half. They got off to a fantastic start. And then that guy, Chris Paul, took over with 18 assists. And you mentioned that fourth quarter. I think they doubled you up 36 to 18 in that fourth. But Pelicans came out, you know, red hot. And I feel like that needs to be the key tonight, especially with a team on the back-to-back. -back. We talked at the time, the Pelicans scored 36 points in that first quarter to the Suns 22. And look, I'm not a savant. I, I looked at the box score mm -hmm. on, the, on the plane up here. Um, but we had said at the time, this was without a question, the best quarter in that part of the season. What we forget is in early in the third quarter with the Pelicans still up double digits, that's when Jonas inadvertently elbowed Herb Jones mm -hmm. and Herb actually had to miss the rest of that game in concussion protocol and then miss the next game. That, you know, I don't think the Pelicans would have lost that game if Herb Jones would have played the entire game. I, I just, that's just me. Um, be, just because of the way that we were playing them. And remember, Willie Green was on the staff. He knows exactly what the Suns are trying to do. Now, trying to stop it is a whole different matter, but it looked like we had a pretty good handle of what they were doing in the first half of that ball game and the first two minutes of the third quarter. Remember, right before Herb got hurt, he had a steal and a dunk and put us up by like 14 points and then 
30 seconds later, that was it. Should be a fun one tonight. Before I let you go, I want to talk about something that we both noticed last night, kind of going to today, what the Pels fan base has been up to in the last couple of days on Spaces, on Twitter, bringing in Kendrick Perkins, who did not have very nice things to say about New Orleans um, on ESPN. But just the fact that with all the distractions going on, you can tell Willie is focused on the task at hand. Both him and, and CJ made comments about the situation yesterday, but I do want to give a shout-out and let you do the same thing. It's because there was almost 2,000 people in that Twitter spaces last night coming together and trying to kill a narrative about certain things as where this team could be going, relocating, which is completely out of the question. Um, I was very impressed by how this how this fan base, how passionate they are, have been able to come together over the last couple of days and hopefully can carry that momentum into some wins here. I, I, I agree 100%. And just a shout-out to everybody who participated last night. I just put that out on Twitter. You know, a narrative like that is just so dangerous. And what... You and know lazy. What, and <laughs> lazy. And what really, really aggravates me, Daniel, is that ESPN, who is a big-time promoter, of the NBA allows this to happen. They actually promote what Kendrick Perkins is trying to say. That's that is just so bad on so many levels. So you got to kill the narrative. Uh, they they did a great job last night. You know, shout out to Perkins for at least showing up yeah. and and you know getting basically flattened by everybody who was who was out there because he's not listening to facts. It was pretty obvious. Uh, judging by all the tweets last night that Perkins didn't even want to listen to fact. So, again, keep doing what you do, Pelicans fans. You know, get locked in for these last 23 games. It's going to be a fun ride, win, lose, or draw. And of course, you can't draw. But you know what I'm saying. Um, this is what you want. You want meaningful basketball games, and we're going to have it. As the team approaches the floor here at the Footprint Center, we're going to let you all go. Again, we appreciate all of you listening. And again, shout out to everyone in that spaces last night. Uh, bring that energy for the last 23 games, as Todd mentioned, because it's going to be good tonight, 8 p.m. Central Time. If you're on the parade route, you can tune in to Todd and I starting at 7.30 p.m. It's the Pelicans and the Suns. Of course, you can watch it on Valley Sports New Orleans with Joel Myers, Antonio Daniels, and Jen Hale. Then on Sunday, no local TV on Valley Sports. It'll be nationally televised on ESPN 9 p.m. Central Time. So make sure you take us on your parade route with you. 8.30 p.m. Central Time, Todd Graffney and I and Aaron Summers will have the call on Sunday. No podcast on Monday. We'll be traveling back until Wednesday. I'm Daniel Sanders, and thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.